Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is already. I can't believe like we're making plans for next week. We're saying October, but we are. It is the 24th of September today, and I got to say, today's topic, it's one of those, okay, we need to stop this ball from rolling down the hill kind of a conversation. It's just kind of gone out of whack, this whole crisis mode where unless something is an emergency or people are dying or, you know, these people need help and these people need help and things that we built into an infrastructure that was working and then all of a sudden, everything costs way too much to do, yet we have money to do a lot of stuff in our world, in our country, except for the people stuff, the stuff that involves people. You can build buildings, new cities, new centers. We spend money on war. All of a sudden, the money's there. Raises for people in certain professions over and over and over again, where the incomes are disproportionate. Money that we put into funds and find out somebody's embezzled it or taken it. Churches that, you know, where it all started, where we would give every week growing up and now it's like give here and give there and I thought to myself the other day and I have to tell you everywhere I went there was a donation button everywhere wasn't just people helping people it was a flat-out donation button for everything I go to Amazon right when you get to the page there's a thing to donate, and they've raised, I don't know how many millions, and, and yet we never see an accounting. We never see where it went. We never see the people that got helped if they did. Somebody dies. There's a GoFundMe. They can't afford a funeral. Somebody's birthday. I'm donating to this cause for my birthday. Everywhere you turn around, somebody's raising money for a cause. So we have a lot of causes, but those causes make us feel like nobody's helping anybody. And it's left to each person to have to click on a button no or yes every time they want to just run a normal task. On top of that, we're trying to catch up in our own lives, and it just feels like there's there's just nothing working. And so I've been saying this lately, and it keeps coming up, and it keeps coming up, and it's almost like I want to buy a billboard and put it up and just say people first. If something doesn't work, for everyone, 
then it's just not going to work. And it doesn't mean that it has to work for every single person in their way. It just means that it needs to work, that there's a benefit to the people who are going to use that service. It's not just, well, I went to get this and the customer service wasn't great or this, that's that kind of service. But if we're going to do health care, and let's say, okay, there are different kinds of people and people can afford different things. But we should have respectable health care for everyone and not have it be if you can't pay your premium. And it shouldn't be socialized or, you know, they say like that communist thought or that social thought. It shouldn't even be political. that our health care is decided by politics. It's like the biggest crisis we have. The other crisis is our food. The other crisis is obesity in our country. The other crisis is our political system has gone totally haywire in the last four years. It's been going haywire, but we've gotten to see the inside falling apart in the past four years. Where positions that we used to look at as respectful, we've now seen turnover over and over again. Doesn't matter who's behind it. It's that we feel that whole method of instability in our thinking, in our world. We turn on the TV, we have to turn it off. We say, what are we doing? And I remember when we were younger, and I I wrote that about when cable TV came out. They're like, wow, man, one day we're going to have so many channels, we're not going to know what to watch. And now we have so many crises, we don't even know what to help. And one has to be really big. And then everybody gets on that bandwagon. Like, you know, I went to do that. Or when the women all got together when when um, we had the election and they had all those huge, um, I, I can't remember, like the big demonstrations. And I remember talking to people who went and, and they would say, it just felt so good to be a part of something. It made me feel important. It made me feel good meeting other people who came out to do the same thing. Just hearing the news, listening to all the reach out, all the support causes, and everything is kind of left for the public to fix. It's like humanity had to take over. But the but the interesting part is the other side, the other stuff keeps on happening as though everyone cares anymore. But in a sense, we kind of have to care, but we don't. Being a president of a country, being a president of a company, all the way down to somebody running a home has all become about putting out fires. 
and we get overwhelmed. We don't know what to support. We don't know who to support. We don't know where to start sometimes. Sometimes even if there's a mistake on your bill and you have to call a company to tell them I was either overcharged or something's wrong with my bill, that can take you two hours just to do. Just to get yourself down to call, explain the situation, then have to explain it again when they when they send you to another person, and then at times even have to explain it a third time because they weren't taught to solve certain issues. So what has happened? Like, have we all become a cause? And how do we deal with this constant crisis? And how do we take care of others and ourselves and still feel good about the 90% of the stuff we have to ignore because we just can't do everything everywhere. We want to help. We're spread out too thin already. It is overwhelming. So how do we get balance in this crazy world? And I had to think, I was, you know, this is the week the master class is coming out, finally. And um, that master class that's coming out, we did the first one when they first met me. And it was like one of those levitating moments. We, we all felt it. I felt it when I was saying it and doing it. And we thought, oh, wow, what just happened in this room? Then they came back. Now that, like, they could absorb the information, because imagine, you know, and I know I told you guys this before, but they were overwhelmed by me. Because what happened was all the crises that were coming in their heads between the world and the political world, and they're from Canada, so they have their own reasons for what they were thinking, and their own personal world all came together as to why aren't we okay? Why does everyone look okay? It doesn't feel okay inside. And as I was talking, you know, they literally were at my house from like 10 until 10 the first time they came. And that was for five weeks. So we were doing like lunch and dinner and back to taping, back to taping. It just never stopped. And then when we went out for photographs that day, which are now starting to spill out everywhere, um, we would leave and those would take a whole day. And I mean, I would just just pass out at night. But working that hard did not feel like working that hard. I looked forward to it every day. Because when we learn, we thrive. And what they didn't realize I didn't realize how much they were learning from me because at first no one was saying anything. And then after a few days, they're like, oh, my God, every time we come here, we know we're not going to leave the same people. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. But I learned their work. I was paying attention to what they were doing. I was fascinated. I've never been filmed before, like with like not not real cameras, but with somebody that was just following me for five weeks. One or two days is one thing, but 
five weeks. And then they left, and then they were kind of, like, scared to tell me they wanted to come back and refilm some things. Because I, I probably went so deep so fast because I've been doing it for 17 years. So I, they, got, they got me 17 years from when all of this started. So they, they come back and they're like, okay, you know, we want you to take the master class again. And they thought I would be upset. But what they don't know is that I can talk about this all day because I love it so much. So while they came back, I did a second master class, but the same one that I did before, because I did two before, one for parents, one for um, self-love. And I was like, ah, okay, I like it. Yeah, good. Didn't really knock my socks off. And then when we were done filming every single thing, and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, and everything that could have gone right went right. And I'm at this point, just like we sit on this radio show every day, it's like we clean up and we go on. Well, now they've experienced about five months, four months of cleaning up. And when I saw the personal crisis mode that they went into because of this, I was getting emails from them saying, you know, what have you done to me? So I'm like, Christ, what did you do to them? Come on, fess up, what did you do to them? And he said, we just bridged their souls back to them. They'll figure it out. And he went right back to what he said to me the very night, first night that I ever saw him. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. Us wanting to help each other. Are we in a crisis mode? Yes. Our world will always be in one. The politicians have now been unveiled, and I know Christ said, and I I think it's in religious books because I haven't read them, and so many people told me to read them, and I would say yes because I want to read them, and it's just not in the cards for me to do that because it will taint what I know because the fear, the doubt, the worry, the controls, and the guilt that are put in them were not from God. It's not that they're bad because there's a lot of good in them, but I remember when I started to read, because um, I'm Muslim, the Quran, when I was younger, I would wonder why it would make me feel scared of God when I actually loved God. So the only way I could still love God the way I loved God was to get out of that crisis mode of loving God and just be able to love him. And I, I would wonder why I was happier before. It would like puzzle me because I was still young. And then when I talked directly to God, I got out of that religious crisis mode. Everything's a crisis. If you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't do this, you're not good. Whether it's religion, your job, your kids, whatever it is. It's like these judgments all over the place. 
And that night, when I was trying to do the prayers the way we were taught to do them, five times a day, and I had to pile them up and do them all at night because I, I physically didn't have time to just stop somewhere and pray like that. I was in school and working. And I said, God, is this really what you want? Because before this, I was talking to you all day, and I I got to love you. And now I have to be scared that if I don't do all these things, you won't love me. And it never occurred to me that you wouldn't love me. And now it does. Is that okay? Because I was just like going through the motions. And when I sat there, I I now know what that feeling was. It was the same feeling I had when I saw Christ, but I never ever thought of Christ then. I had that same feeling. Like, hey, back up, kid, back up. You're okay. It's okay. So I decided in life to have a certain tunnel vision after all of these experiences that I've got to decide what I want in my life. Out of all the things I can choose, I'll say, okay, I'm going to choose these things, and these are things I will put my time, money, and effort into. These are places that I can focus because I can't obviously do everything. And if I keep listening to everything, it's going to overwhelm me when I don't actually need that information. And let me focus on, you know, these are things that are near and dear to my heart. These are things I will put money towards. But I'll, I'll find these places, and I will, so that when somebody else asks me, can you, you know, you're at a register, like you want $1 to give to Children's Hospital. You're on, on Facebook, and there's a fund for something. And there's so many funds. You go, like I said, on Amazon, and there's another fund popping up. And, you know, everywhere you go. Somebody's asking, and they've all figured it out. A dollar from each person. Two dollars doubles it, three dollars. And it goes back, there was a um, a little, like, um, leaflet that would come out with where people were selling used things when we were kids. And it used to be called the penny saver. And you could buy, like, a used bed or couch or thing, and it was... Like a little trade magazine, but for each local area, at least where I lived in um, Chicago. And so there was, in the back of it, they would have these ads. And this guy writes an ad that if you send me a dollar, I will teach you how to become a millionaire. And a lot of people sent a dollar. Figured that's only a dollar, but I want, I want to know. Well, how he became a millionaire was putting an ad behind this trade magazine asking people for a dollar to tell them how they became a millionaire. That's how he became a millionaire. And we've just taken that business model and grown it into every single thing that we can do. 
Before you know it, we're funding hospitals. Before you know it, we're funding libraries. Anything that still serves people, we are now responsible for in one way or another. Research for our own health. And we have universities that are doing it. And we have places that need to do it. And yet, it can be biased. I'm, I'm reading a book about that right now, actually, about the food industry and, and the biases in the food industry and how lobbyists are buying opinions that are not in our best interest and those are what are being followed. And for me, food is one of those things I chose to pay attention to. Everything I chose to pay attention to is making us more whole to ourselves. And the wrong food gets between you and you because it starts acting up in your body and then it distracts you. And so I pay attention to that. Anything that has to do with the matter of your conscious mind, your heart, your, your soul, your body, I am very concerned about. Because at this point in time, if there's no us, all the other stuff doesn't matter. So anything that I see out there, my filter question is, does this go back to really helping people? Is this a real helper? Because if it really helps us, for me, it starts with the emotions. And so for me, my way of giving is my time and my love and helping people recapture more of themselves. The more you can recapture, the better you sleep at night. And really, that's the litmus test in life, is being able to sleep at night. Because when you can't, it's because your mind wants to fix something. It wants to right a wrong. It wants to help you feel a sense of balance. Like, hey, when you wake up in the morning, you know where you're going. You feel like you're not just chasing your tail and you're holding your breath until the next day. And right now, I am in a crisis mode. And someone very close to me is fighting a huge battle with their health. And last night, I really didn't sleep that well. Because in my head, I want to help. And and part of me wanted to just fix it, but it's not in my hands to fix. I can only help. And I've had to go through these stages of it's still in crisis mode, but kind of a pendulum. When I was in the hospital, I stayed in the hospital. I wouldn't leave. And I realized no one should go to a hospital without somebody with them. And it's not just the hospitals are bad. It's just that it's hard. It's easy when someone is there. You can look up and you see someone who loves and cares about you. So you have to put a lot of things on pause or mute and know what to focus on. 
so that you can deal with whatever crisis is there without feeling like you can't because there's just so much going on. We have to be able to know that if we stop the wheel from turning for a short time or for the time needed, that our whole world won't crumble around us. And the way to do that is to not just throw everything inside your world, whether it mattered or not, to you deeply. Knowing where to focus can throw out what you don't need. There's always someone who will be attracted to the other stuff that you're not attracted to because if you were, then it would be your thing. But to get out of that constant crisis mode of feeling like nothing's working, when you focus on a few things and you see them work, you start to believe other things can work and you even start to see how. I have a friend who um, keeps concocting all these new ways of getting to people and thinking their ideas are are really, you know, everyone's going to want to do them. And so they sent me a business plan and it involved a celebrity and they, a celebrity who wrote a song and they based their whole business plan around this celebrity taking them from where they're at now to superstardom somehow and said, hey, you know what, I'm coming to your country and this is what I'm doing and, and they sent it to me. So I read the whole business plan, which he didn't expect. But I sent back and I said, well, do you have permission to use this person's face or their song? Well, no, but I know he's going to want to do it. And I said, but you don't know. You didn't ask yet. Why would he want to do this? And he said, well, when, you know, when I get to the stage, but this is why we're doing this. And I, it's not why, but you have to have permission. So in the United States, if you use someone as though they've agreed to something that they don't know anything about, they can sue you. Oh, no, well, for sure he's going to want to do it. I can't believe you read the whole business plan. I said, yeah, I, I, I did. You're going to send it to me. And I knew that that person was going to be in a crisis mode when they found out that people don't just jump into your opportunities like that because you think it's a great idea. And then I realized that all the crisis modes that led this person to keep repeating the same thing over and over again is a habit. I tried this, it didn't work. I tried that, it didn't work. But I will tell you, each and every one of you, if you take something that did work and does work and you know you can do, I don't care how small it is, I don't care if it's taking a walk and completing that task for the day and feeling like, wow, I, I started and finished one thing today, it will help us deal with everything else. It will calm us down. 
That's why some people go to meditation or they do go for walks or they do talk to themselves or they do reach out to one best friend and try to get things through, at least from beginning to end, even if it's just the conversation. But the way to combat the crisis mode is to begin and end something, at least one thing a day, if not more. Because then you feel a sense of control and a sense of when you do see everything just coming at you, everything but the kitchen sink is just thrown at us every day. We can say, oh, wow, so somebody's raising money for that. Wow, that's not something I'm really interested in. But these are things I'm interested in. These things I know I'm interested in. And that way you have a sense of where you belong in your own life. And it does make you feel balanced. But having a brand new idea every day is only going to tax you more. Having an idea that you develop over time And find a way to support that through the environment you're in, through the money that you make from it, or the money you make from your job. But knowing how to allocate your time, your greatest resource, will help you balance your life. I know this show kind of feels like everything but the kitchen sink. It's just that that's how it is in our world right now. So pay attention to what you want to pay attention to. I will see you tomorrow. I can't believe I have 10 seconds left. Have a great Tuesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.